Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 64 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here alongside Ethan Cardwell. Cards, what's going on, bud? Not much. Uh, just got back to Barry actually, yesterday for Valentine's Day. Um, had a nice, enjoyable, relaxing day um, with the girlfriend, and uh, just chilling. Feels good to be back in Barry, hitting the ice again today. Um, skated yesterday with the boys and stuff, so no, all's good, you? Uh, yeah, all good here. What what did you end up doing for, for Valentine's Day and how much did the wallet take a hit? We were talking about it yesterday. <laughs> no, it wasn't it wasn't crazy this year. Uh we both talked about it, said like not to spend too much money on each other. And so just some some gifts and stuff, some little stuff like bed, bath and body works, I think it's called bath and I don't even know what it's called. No, the, uh, <laughs> little the one of the bed bath and beyond. Yeah, no, it's the one that has like the smelling no, can. Bath and Body Works, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, like a bottle of wine, some other things, and and yeah, though I just came over. Um, we gave each other little gifts, and I got a nice little bracelet actually too, which was sweet. And yeah, just had some sushi. We were gonna go out and go bowling and stuff, but you didn't snap me with the sushi. Oh, I know. I actually didn't even think about that, man. But I love sushi, and I know you do. You you rip sushi like three times a week right now. But- <laughs> yeah, I've been going uh, a lot lately because it's been making me happy, and every time something happens, it makes me sad. I've just been getting sushi. <laughs> just uh, like when you're sad, you just eat. Like, like you see in the movies when they're just hammering ice cream, that's you with the sushi. Yeah. So, but no, we just kept it pretty low-key, just chilling um how about you i know you went did it the day before yeah i had to be in niagara and my girlfriend's from vaughn so we did a pre-valentine's day just cooked dinner for the family like her family and stuff and didn't do anything uh crazy we, we also i'm not a big valentine's day guy and luckily she's not either i think it's like it's just an it's a bit of, of annoying thing like i don't need an excuse to like no one needs an excuse to like go out and do it so we were just like whatever it doesn't matter if it's valentine's day or not just like whatever we'll do a little something no gifts though and um mm-hmm. just keep it keep it casual that was kind of it and then just a little long facetime yesterday you know how it goes um yeah yeah <laughs> and uh yeah just a normal normal day here in niagara in the beautiful niagara region so that's that's been what's up with me um Except, yeah, our, our game got canceled today. We were supposed to play Ryerson today. It's Tuesday, but – oh, sorry. I think I'm supposed to say Rams. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, we were supposed to play them today, and uh, it had got – yeah, it got canceled or postponed due to COVID-19 protocols and stuff. So gives uh gives us an extra day and some time to record the pod. But let's uh, – let's, you want to talk about the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, you were speaking of the Rams, so we might as well. Yeah, yeah, the Rams. Uh, this this year's Super Bowl champion, the uh, the LA Rams, and it was an okay game. Um, I wasn't like overly like I don't know. I, I feel like it could have been better. The game itself, um, obviously, I was cheering for Cincinnati, and as were you, so the game definitely could have turned out a little bit better for for us. But you know, it was it was okay. I think it's good for Stafford. He's waited his time, you know, played on a kind of a crummy team his whole career. And he, he shows actually how good he is with the supporting cast around him. 
And I think there's no doubt Burrow takes that team back to the Super Bowl many times over the course of his career. So that was just kind of a preview of what we'll see from them. But what did you think of the game? Like coming down the, the stretch, did you think since he could hold on? I thought Cincinnati was going to find a way to win there. And, and uh, the thing is, I was like calling plays. I don't even know football that well. I was calling every Rams play by the end that you can ask my friends. But the whole thing was like, I don't know why they just basically, other than the one early touchdown or whatever, they ignored Cooper Cup until until when the game mattered in the second half, like late. Then they start feeding him the ball, and they're, then they start getting yards, getting longer drives, and getting touchdowns. And he ended up being the MVP of the game. So I don't know why. Um, like Stafford was not giving him the ball in the first half. I think he might have been doubled up, though. So well, I yeah, think but, he, have... but even in the second half, they, they had, like, doubled and tripled him, and he was just grabbing him with guys everywhere. And it, it doesn't matter. Like, he's the best player. you got to give him the ball, especially when OBJ was out. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say, too. Like, OBJ was there at the start, so I feel like double pressure on Cup opened up OBJ for that TD and stuff like that. So that that's a key piece to have as a wide receiver, too. And obviously, everybody's going nuts over the – OBJ first touchdown and stuff like that, which was pretty incredible. So it's good for him too. He's been around. He's had its like ups and downs during his career. So to kind of see a guy who was a superstar and then he kind of faded away and now he's back in the limelight. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see that for him too. Yeah. And there's a couple more notes I wanted to say. Um, one of them, what was it? Uh, oh yeah. You know, like the big prop at the over under on the national anthem, how long it's going to be. Yeah. So I don't want to say the source, but I had a source tell me the exact time. It was like a good source whose best friend was like the, mu- the music guy for the thing. How do you? Ex- well, listen, just listen. <laughs> it was the exact from the source. And he said in the dress rehearsal in the morning, it was a minute, 51 seconds. And, I, and he's like, hammer the house, like bet the house, like all this. And he did himself. But I was too scared to do it. And I was with all my friends and we were all too scared. And we said, you know what? We'll record, we'll, we'll time it. And if it's correct, the next year we bet the house. And we timed it, and it was to the second correct. And I, we were all killing ourselves that we didn't bet it. That is that is tough, man. Imagine yeah. how much you would have made basically off that. And then you have all the other prop bets too and stuff. So what uh, would you have, heads or tails? I didn't do that one. I did um, the one where, <laughs> I don't know if it counts as a prop bet. Yeah, I don't think it's a prop bet, but with, I did Joe Burrow runs over 11 yards or 11 and a half, and he didn't. Yeah, that's a prop, though, but a uh, player prop. But the, yeah, no, my, like, I had people who were talking about that one, too, because Burrow is more of a co- pocket QB, and a couple knees didn't help that case either. I think he ran only ran well, once or twice, but. Yeah, he didn't do that one. My, my buddy had uh the OBJ scores a touchdown and he got it right. Like first play, first touchdown. And then that was, uh, that was it for OBJ. He's out. And so it was sick that he got that one. But um, how about the Joe Burrow play? I think it was the opening drive of the second half, like first play 70 yard touchdown. Oh, it was crazy. He's, yeah. he's nasty, man. No one he's was nasty. expecting that. What well, one, another note I wanted to bring up was, do you remember Hannah Ann from the bachelor a couple of years ago? Yeah. 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 So she's dating a guy on the Rams now. and she. Oh, yeah. My brother said that to me, actually. She dropped it on, like, the day of the Super Bowl. They never, like, posted it. And now all of a yeah. sudden he's in the Super Bowl and she's posting him like crazy. But uh, his name is Jake Funk. I think he's the backup running back. He didn't play. Um, but, yeah, Hannah Ann posts this picture. Oh, yeah. Soon <laughs> as, uh, as soon as he's a Super Bowl champ. Yeah, you qualify to be my boyfriend now. That's how she thinks. <laughs> Little... Uh... 
little upgrade or downgrade from Pilot Pete, though. Who knows? Um, but that was that that guy's season <laughs> when we started this uh this podcast. So that was funny. I think we should probably go to the guy who is just down the road from all this, and it's our guest this week, Mario Ferraro, um, assistant captain with the San Jose Sharks. Um, the guy went to UMass in the NCAA and then uh, kind of burst onto the scene in the NHL and hasn't looked back since. So we'll get you guys to that interview pretty soon here. Yeah, Mario Ferraro dropped the guest, so um, it's a good one. We had a lot of fan questions for him, and uh, unfortunately I couldn't take them all, but I was looking through them after the interview, and some of them were, were solid, so that sucks. But at the end of the day, we don't have like five hours to ask fan questions. Um, you know what's funny? I don't know. Some of the fan questions we get, and if you guys are asking these, it's a waste of everyone's time. Some of them are like, what's it like to play in the NHL? Like, what did it feel like to get drafted? Like, we can't, I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? Cause you can't ask like, oh, so what's it like playing in the NHL? He'll be like, oh, it's good. You know? Yeah, yeah. We got it. Like, I don't know. When you, when you ask him the question, I feel like if you ask the question that like, it needs to have like some sort of like, I don't know, thinking process to it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, no, like for the player, for the player. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. I, I can't, we can't just have them be like, yeah, it's good. Or like, nah, or okay. The, with the, yeah. the questions like that, they kind of get answered throughout the interview. Anyway, you find out what it's like playing in the NHL and stuff. Um, yeah. Ask questions that like they can elaborate on and give you like a real answer. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he's a good interview. Wait till you get a look at his smile. If you're not on the YouTube um listening right now switch to the youtube for this interview it's quite a funny start to that and we'll get that to you guys soon but um have you seen any more olympics at all cards i haven't really been following it too much um i know canada men's hockey's in the semis i think yeah and the women are playing for gold is the gold medal game tonight for the women i think it might be the tournament goes so fast man it's actually quick like it's it's really does Three round robin and then quarter semis finals. Mm. It's Wednesday, the gold medal game, and it's a eleven p.m. game, so it's not like that late. Who are um, they playing? Who do you think? Women's hockey, USA. Yeah, but I wasn't I wasn't sure if the crossovers would have met them in the semis or not. So. I think it's designed that they have to. <laughs> but they just know. I mean, there was actually I don't know if you saw this. People were tweeting and stuff at the beginning of the Olympics, like, and there was an article that came out. I think it was in the Toronto Sun that women's hockey should be out of the Olympics because it's just not fair. It's just Canada, USA. And that, that was like, and people were saying, yeah, like it's not even fair. It's not fair. But would you rather just not have your like women's hockey teams compete in the Olympics? Then it's ridiculous. Like, I don't know. It's like for people to say that too. And like, you see in the world juniors every year too, like even there, like there's three or four or five teams that go and they, they obviously like don't have a chance of winning and they're still there like it's it's the exact same thing like yeah. you have to send these teams anyway like they've earned their chance to be there like for the pride of their country you should let them play and it is a great event for the olympics so that i think those yeah. comments are absolutely well, ridiculous i think it was ray ferraro said it in the world juniors when they were talking about that um he was saying like what was it was it austria that was in the world juniors or I don't even remember. Uh, yeah, I was, think so. It was yeah. one of those teams. Let's use Austria as the example, whether they were or weren't. But he was saying, like, the, for example, the Austrian team, yeah, they might lose 10 nothing to Canada, but every kid who wants to play hockey in, in Austria is watching it. And in 10 years, although the team's bad now, it's going to be better because of this exposure that they're getting. Same with the Olympics. Like, yeah, China's, you know, getting 
destroyed by Canada by you, like whoever they're playing. But in 10 years, every Chinese kid watching uh, their team in the Olympics, you know, it, it, that's how you grow the game ultimately. So maybe it sucks now, but it, it's better for everybody in the long run. And that's one thing I was going to bring up to you. So do you know that like the Chinese team, like they're, none of them are really Chinese. Yeah, I know that there's, there's uh, a couple of U sports alumni um, on the team really? as well. Yeah. There's, I think there's two uh, from men's hockey on the men's team. I'm not sure about the women's, but uh, yeah, I never, I never would have thought that would be allowed in the Olympics to be honest. I think there there's rules where at least in China, because you don't have to be. I, I know the one guy from the U Sports team that I know. Uh, he played for the Kunlun Red Star in the KHL, which is in Beijing or not in Beijing, which is in China. And if you play for one full year, I think you're eligible to get a Chinese passport. And so I think they oh. told him like, if you play for the year, you'll get your passport, and then you can play for us in the Olympics. So I think it was that was kind of the deal. Um, so That's he's technically cool. like officially he's a Chinese citizen. Um, but yeah, either way to be an Olympian, you're an Olympian. You can say that for the rest of your life, win one yeah. game win the gold, win nothing. It's still pretty impressive. So yeah. good for all them. We, we got to get, um, someone on the pod. I know I have a, a buddy on Denmark on the Olympic team who, who said he'd come on after. So hopefully, and they're off to the semifinal too, actually. I think they might even be playing Canada. Um, that would be. That would be awesome, yeah, to get a guy on, kind of see what the bubble was like and get a feel yeah. for all that. He's posting Snapchats all day of, uh, um, like, going to – okay, they're playing ROC Denmark in the semis, but he's posting snaps of, like, going to the speed skating games and, like, you know, it's taking selfies cool. with people that are famous. Neil, that's big cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, um, the, the one thing I wanted to say about the Olympics was that the medal count for Canada. Like I know winter Olympics is, is usually Canada's thing. We have only what two gold medals now. Yeah. Struggling a bit. Well, hopefully get one when this airs Wednesday night with the women's hockey. Yeah. Canada's two gold medals, 17 total though, which is I think good for tied in third in the Olympics, but like Norway has 12 golds, Germany, nine, USA, seven, Austria, six, Netherlands, six, China, six, Sweden, five. Like there's a lot and a couple more with above that. Um, so we need we need some golds. I'm demanding gold of Canada. Yeah. Um, and you know what? We have a lot of American listeners too. So good, good for America. You know what? I was yeah. So I was texting. You, I was going through the demographics yesterday because we're working with a a third party salesman to get us some new sponsors. I don't know. Um, so I'm going through all the all the analytics, and we have 22 percent of our listeners are female, which I think is really cool. That's high for a hockey podcast, especially hosted by two men. Um, yeah no i i totally agree but i also feel like the kind of the way we do our podcast i I feel like both sides can learn it and especially for like young girls who play hockey coming up and stuff they can still learn so many valuable things from the podcast and kind of take them into their own route whether it be ncaa looking to make olympics or professional women's hockey like I, i still feel like there's so many avenues that kind of we support in those areas. I don't know. Maybe we should look into another female guest then. To I was just thinking our, our equipment manager at Brock, his best friends on the women's Olympic hockey team for Canada. Um, so okay. I bet, I bet if I asked him, uh, he, he like, she would come on for sure. Maybe even during, after the gold medal game, maybe even like next week or something. We'll see. That'd be cool. Let's um, do, let's do. So I'll, I'll reach out. And uh, 
yeah, we'll get another another guest on, uh, another female guest on, and then what else was I going to say? Yeah, uh, that's good. And yeah, and then twenty percent of our listeners are American, actually. So one in every five listeners. So we, you know, we speak a lot to the Canadian side, but we have a lot of American listeners too that we're neglecting a little bit sometimes. So we love the yeah. Americans too. We love you guys. I'm I'm a I'm a dual citizen, so I'm always showing love to the Americans. So yeah, I guess I I gotta show a little more love. We all I'm always talking about Canada and stuff, but you know, because we have a lot of NCAA guys on, I bet that's why. Yeah, that is true. It probably drives the listens a little bit from there. But yeah, no, I really like getting the NCAA guys on too. It, it, it's awesome, and we hear a little bit more from Mario here coming up in the interview i think we can almost send it there right now yeah we'll send it over to mario ferraro it's a good interview and here it is all right and we're pleased to be joined this week by uh san jose shark assistant captain mario ferraro welcome to the pod thanks boys appreciate you having me yeah and it's it's a good look and we were just texting and you asked if it was audio or or real zoom and for the YouTube listeners, uh, you can go check out Mario's new look. Uh, it's lost a few teeth. Uh, so, so how'd that go down and when did it happen? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it was like a week ago or just before the break, we were in Florida. Um, it was like two, probably five minutes into the game. Um, I just got my stick in the way of, of Owen Tippett's shot and the puck just came up and hit me right in the teeth. I didn't even get my, I didn't even get split open. I, I just like lost. I lost one right away and the other one, like the other two got like bent back and I was like, whatever. I had to go to the dentist the next morning, which was a grind 12 hours. I flew to Carolina. They tried to save them. They couldn't, or they, they saved them. They tried to save them. They had them like held in by a, like a brace, like a metal rod in my mouth. And then I played in Tampa. And then when I got back, they're like, tooth's cracked so like they just yanked him out so here i am with, <laughs> looking like bernsey yeah i was just about to say that like you guys have been d partners for a while now so you figure you might as well do the same look right yeah the more you play with them i guess the more you start to look like them. maybe not play like them but look like them that's <laughs> that's awesome and we'll, we'll have to give it to tipper uh tipper one of my good buddies so that's that can't be happening but uh <laughs> So how, how, how was the break? Like the all-star break, you go anywhere to do anything or just uh, kind of figuring out your teeth situation? Yeah, it was good. The break was good. I went down to LA. Um, my girlfriend lives there. So I went to go see her for a week. I was a little bit in one because my teeth. So I didn't uh, plan anything too serious, but uh, we just hung out. Uh, we actually went to, went, went to Nobu and Malibu there. Uh, saw Adam Sandler. That was pretty cool. That's unreal. <laughs> he was sitting right across the uh, across the table from us, like like maybe like a table over. And he That's saw me sick. bite. He saw me bite into a piece of edamame. I had no teeth in my mouth. And he's like, "Look at me!" He just gives me a little nod. That's incredible. What's the What's the girlfriend's thoughts on the teeth? Ah, she's a. She was a little shocked at first, like, what's going on? Like, I got hit in the face here, split open. I got my teeth, they're gone this year. But now she's like, she's getting, what's she going to do? She better, yeah. <laughs> she's getting used to it. I'm just happy yeah. I got a girlfriend before I knocked my teeth out. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's good stuff. And so how has the year been going, though, all, all in all up to the break, like the team, yourself? It's good. I think uh, – you know, we're really coming together as a group. 
Um, I think our locker room has, has been pretty solid. Uh, guys have, you know, developed better relationships both on and off the ice. And uh, I think it shows in the way that we play. Uh, we got to play, you know, we're a team that has to play hard and compete. And I think we've uh, kind of established a lot of that in the first, just over the first half of the season. So, um, you know, we're, we, we battled through a lot uh, like of adversity and, and injuries and um, COVID stuff stuff that the league has done has dealt with too but um i think we've had a fair share of it and uh, we've seen to find a way to to still keep ourselves in the race uh now something i wanted to ask bringing it back to kind of junior hockey you uh you played in the ojhl and the ushl before going to umass and um being a 10th round pick of the barry colts were, were you ever thinking was ohl originally your goal or were you always thinking ncaa no i was uh I was actually, I really wanted to play in the O for sure. Like uh, I got drafted to Barry and uh, I went to their camp the first year and I didn't crack the squad, obviously um, ended up playing in, in juniors for the Patriots. And I didn't think I was going to make that team either. I was planning to play midget um, for a year in Don Mills. Um, but then after playing a year in, in juniors and just getting through that, I, I thought it was better to go with a college route. I didn't think I was going to have the, the speedy development to work in my favor. So I thought that, you know, I'd need a little bit more time and, um, you know, I thought college was perfect for that. Get some, get uh, an education as well at the same time, give myself that opportunity and open doors there. But um, I just felt it was a better route for, for my development. But initially for sure, I was thinking I wanted to go to the O. Yeah. So then going to the USHL, how was, uh, how was that experience coming from the OJ must've felt like a, like a pretty big deal, big jump. And, and what was the level com- comparison like? Yeah, that uh, I thought that that jump was good. It was, I thought it was important uh, to prepare me for college. Uh, it's a really defensive league, I think. And there's a high turnover rate guys are in and out because um, they get scholarships and go to college. So there's not much, you know, every team is kind of in the same situation. It's a challenge to develop chemistry early with each other. And uh, you got a, not, a lot of new guys. And um, I just think that the league had a lot of, uh, a lot of skill and they played a real uh, similar game to the way college was played um, hard defensively and um, not as many goals scored. Um, so you really got to be dialed in. Um, you know, I thought it was just a good preparation for me leading into UMass years. Yeah. And then <clears throat> leading up to UMass, you, you get drafted second round of the Sharks. And do you want to just kind of walk us through like the draft and the, like the moment you were picked and where was the draft that year? Yeah, the draft was in Chicago. Uh, so it was really nice. I got to um, <clears throat> go down there with my family, a bunch of my family drove. We actually drove down. Uh, it was fun. Uh, my grandparents are there. Uh, cousins uh, all met us there. It was really cool. And then, uh, you know, me and my my dad, obviously, we, just me and my dad went to the uh, the first round just to check it out and see how it is and get a little bit comfortable because obviously you're a little nervous about the setup and stuff. I knew I wasn't going to the first round. And um, in the second round when I was picked by the Sharks, uh, it was pretty shocking for me, actually. Uh, you know, we were all surprised. Um, uh, it was just more excitement and, uh, you know, we we're real thankful for for obviously that opportunity, having it uh, led <laughs> led me to where I am today, um, the team, you know, obviously uh, showing a lot of trust and, and belief in me. And 
Um, I, I, at the time, you know, especially I was you know, real happy and just uh, honored to be picked by, by a great organization with such a great reputation. So um, it was really cool. It was, it was a lot of excitement, uh, a lot of uh, shock, um, but uh, it was, it was in a good way. You know, I remember at combine at the combine, the NHL combine, cause I interviewed a few teams there um, or had interviews with a few teams there. Um, the sharks really, I didn't think that I was going to get picked by them. Uh, you know, sometimes you have that feeling of what, what um, interviews go better than others. Um, and I thought that that one was like, okay, it wasn't great. I didn't feel any positive signs to it. Um, but, uh, you know, that's why I think that contributes to why I was more surprised. Um, but uh, yeah. all in all, I was really appreciative and thankful. I was, ha- I was happy. Yeah, that makes it that much better kind of when you don't even know. So that was that was our next question. We, we were going to ask, like, how, like, did you have a feeling on San Jose? So if it wasn't San Jose you were feeling, did you kind of have any thoughts on any other teams that might take you? Uh, yeah, I, I thought really it was just the one other team that I thought uh, over everybody else would probably be, I think it was maybe Chicago. Uh, I just remember um, talking to them quite a bit throughout the year. Uh, one of their scouts uh, took me and my, my buddy out to uh, P.F. Chang's one night. <laughs> hey, what, what, what was that guy's name? Do you remember? Oh, if you shoot me a name, then I'll probably, I, I can, I could probably remember. I have his number. I have his number on my phone. I just can't remember. It wouldn't have been Jim McKellar, would it? No, no. Okay, that, that, that was, that's the OHL guy, but I think Chicago takes Eric because they took me out too. I, like they must be racking up a bill because like, I, I know when I went, I just lit up, I lit up the tab. I'm sure you did too. <laughs> yeah. It was super fun. We just ordered away. I actually like my buddy was a beauty. His name was Leitner, Nick Leitner. Uh, so he, like, I was like, Hey, like, do you want to come, you want to come out for, uh, for a little PF Changs? <laughs> I was like, going out to Chicago scout. He's like, yeah, sure. So it was cool because the guy gave me the option. I didn't want to go alone. I felt a little awkward. So the guy gave me the option. So it was perfect. Like, I just took him out. We had a great meal. And we met up with the boys after. It was sweet. It was really fun. <laughs> wow. So that guy wasn't he wasn't even, like, a draft eligible or anything like that? Like he No, he was. He, okay. he was. He was another defenseman. He was a good player, too. But he, like, it was good opportunity for him. I was like, hey, like scout here might as well right like he's he's actually at uh um Bemidji I believe he's at Bemidji oh, right yeah. so yeah. yeah he's like he's he's D1 like he's a good player really good yeah. player and like yeah, right. at the time like uh I just I didn't want to go alone I figure like you know it'd be cool like D- I was playing with them a little bit too a defensive partner just come go with me <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty sick so yeah. I mean Speaking of the NCAA, you from there you go play the next two seasons for UMass. And is it true you were the captain as a second year guy? Yeah, I wore the A. I wore the A in the second year. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's pretty sick. And then before we even talk about that, I'm I'm curious, how did the recruitment process go? Were you uh like when did you commit? Did you do any trips with other schools? Like uh was there anything like that? Yeah, I was actually originally committed to Western Michigan um with the same assistant coach that actually well he's a head coach at Maine now his name is Ben Barr but he was the assistant coach of Western Michigan that's when I committed to him there and then 
he ended up leaving Western Michigan. <clears throat> and I was just in a tough spot because, like, that's a guy who, like, recruited me and watched me play and, like, really liked my game and, and came to to different games than when I was playing in the OJHL and stuff like that. So I really felt that, like, he was the one that really um, – you know, scouted me and, and appreciated the way I play and had trust in me. So when I found out he moved to to UMass, um, I reached out to him and I decided to to commit there um, with UMass. I just felt it was the best fit for me being with the, you know, someone who valued the way I played and, and trusted my game. And then um, obviously I had to make that phone call to Western Michigan, which was a really tough phone call to make. Um but, you know, I just felt like it was the thing I needed to do. I felt more comfortable going to UMass. But I did visit Western Michigan um, before I committed there. Um, but then UMass was like, I'd just been in the Boston area. You know, I, I just did my research on it, and I just felt it was best for me. Um, so that's how that ended up. Uh, it definitely wasn't easy making that phone call. You never want to do that. But I just – you know, for the sake of my future, I just felt more comfortable um, being at UMass. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems looking back like you made the right call from where you are now. But I mean, uh, one that I want to know about and the listeners want to know about for sure is you got to play with Kale McCarr there. So mm-hmm. what what was he like in college? Yeah, Kale was obviously, um, <laughs> by the way he's playing right now, you can probably guess that he was just a spectacular player. Um, but also a really good person. And we all, um, that's what we all appreciated about Kill the most being on uh, on UMass with him is, you know, the way he carried himself and the attitude that he had, um, the friendships that he, he made with, with his, obviously us and his, the rest of the teammates and the coaching staff. Um, he's just a good guy to be around and someone, you know, you can trust and be loyal to. And, you know, you know, he's going to be loyal to you and, um, Obviously, his play speaks for itself. Uh, his first year, he was great. His second year, he was even better. And then now he's he's exploded to be an even better player. Um, I played with him in my first year, which was really cool. Um, you know, the more I take that in and how, how much success he's having right now, it's pretty cool that I used to play with him uh, in college. Uh, the second year, we weren't partners, but um, – you know, just being on the same team is my. It's something that you know I'll look back on in ten years from now or twenty years from now, and just you know remember that because he's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. So he's so good. Um, just one more on that. What was life like as a student away from the rink? You know, just you know, how do you find it? Like whether it was going out and stuff. You know, dealing with all your classes. How was that for you? It was super fun. Uh, the the classes part was okay <laughs> no it was good the classes were good like honestly like you had a lot of the boys like you choose classes together in the first couple of years there's a lot of like um generic classes that you have to take like re- requirements to to graduate and stuff so those are the classes you get in with the uh with your teammates and friends and uh it's it's a lot of fun um and then then you start to tail off and get on your own own page based on your um, your major and stuff like that but uh, it was really cool just you know 
hanging out with the guys you're in the dorms together it's it's like a, it's like your own frat like you're always together you got your own um you got the the hockey house where like five or six of the guys live and then in the apartments where the younger guys like the rookies like the freshmen sophomore like um the, the apartments on campus like we're all together in one hallway i remember the first summer we we were staying at uh some dorms and there was just all like 15 freshmen just hanging out in the hall. Like every door was our room. Um, our RA didn't like it too much because we were pretty loud at times, but it was good. It was good. Like we go out together a bunch when we can, you know, after a Saturday game, um, you know, we play Friday, Saturday. Um, that's our chance to get the Sunday off. We go out after, after a huge win, you know, um, it's a lot of fun. I think the best thing for me was the dining halls. I love to eat and the dining halls there were great. They had some of the best food like in a call that a college could have. Like they're they're like it's actually it was like ranked like I think number one or something for food. And they had three separate dining halls and they're unbelievable. The food was so good. And you had like late night, it'd be open till like 1 a.m. Like you'd have like late night snacks and food. Like they serve like eggs benedict at night or like random like random stuff like really really good lobster on halloween <laughs> yeah legit lobster man like they give you a lot like it was it was unbelievable they took so much pride in their food it was so good love so, it that might have played a part in why you actually committed there not just the coach then i guess but 100 100 percent. yeah you end up leaving the good food after only two years of eating it uh to to turn pro and you you make the jump to the nhl and you, you never look back you never have spent any time in the minors or anything like that so tell us about your decision to turn pro and uh kind of how you felt that first season went in the NHL making the jump from uh, D1. Yeah, it was a tough decision. You know, obviously I'm surrounded by, you know, a great group of guys, a great coaching staff and Greg Carvel and Benny Barn, uh, Jared DeMichael. And, um, you know, it's, it's not, it wasn't easy. You know, it wasn't easy leaving a team, especially after, you know, we've gone so far. We lost in the, the finals of the Frozen Four. Uh, <clears throat> but I just felt it was the right decision for me to 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 make the jump. Um, I felt that I, I, I earned the opportunity to do that. And, um, you know, for me, it wasn't about making that step right to the NHL. I, I didn't think that way. I, I That wasn't what was motivating me to sign. It was more the fact that it's just another step up uh, towards my goal playing in the NHL. Um, you know, I was very fortunate to make the, the jump and play with the Sharks that year. But if it didn't happen, um, the AHL is a great opportunity and a great league to develop and, and get better. And I think that, you know, many guys go through that, that step and it, it makes them a really good player. So um, I was willing to do both. Um, you know, regardless of what happened, it was just the fact that it's a step up and, and a chance for me to get better and to prove myself at another level of hockey. And uh, yeah, so it wasn't easy leaving the boys. It wasn't easy leaving UMass, um, you know, the, the opportunities that I could have had being there for another year or two years, getting education at a great school or, you know, chasing uh, another opportunity at a Frozen Four championship. But uh I think it was just the, the better decision for me personally. Yeah. And uh, another one kind of on your first year there. 
so who did you score your first NHL goal on and how long did it take to get it? Yeah, I scored, I believe it was December 29th. I scored against Philly, uh, Carter Hart. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was, really, it was, it was pretty cool. I was really fired up. Uh, it was nice because I just I went home to see the family. It was nice to have a little break for Christmas, a few days. Like after, like it, it's like it's a lot, you know. The first bit of the season and your first year, you so like try to be as mentally focused as you can to to stay on track. So that little break was nice. I was coming off an injury on my lower back, and then I I got back that, uh, and then my second game after I got back to my sport, I turned over the puck first. <laughs> I got it back. Then I chipped it off the wall. And then Goody gave me a good little backhand pass right to my forehand, and I just one timed it. Went top cheese. That's a throw. That's yeah. Actually, actually, I got one more question on the school stuff too. So, are you are you taking any classes now, or are you like just putting it to the side for now? No, I'm putting it to the side for now. Um, no, the more I look back, I could have taken it during COVID, but no, I'm just I'm keeping it to the side. So I want to stay focused on hockey right now. Yeah, not doing too bad in that sense. So you're good. <laughs> Did they have that uh, option where when you're done playing hockey, you can come back and and finish <laughs> up your school on a scholarship? Uh, I don't like they did for some guys um based on how long they were playing there i think like if you're if you were there for three years um i i believe that i could hopefully have that opportunity it's just it's i got i would have to you know discuss so i i have no answer for that okay yeah well so far so good you might not need it um <laughs> <laughs> so your your second year with the sharks you had a really good one and I'm curious, how has your off season changed from uh, like going in the NCAA to now as an established NHL player? What are you doing in the off season that's different, or, or what do you focus on? Yeah, uh, I, I have a lot of video that I have throughout the the year. Um, I, I work with somebody that helps me out, um, makes video for me, and and critiques my game and gives me advice certain areas of the game. So I gather all those clips for the summertime, and I and I and I watch them probably five, six days a week. Um, they're like five minute videos, just watch them once. And it kind of engraves it in my mind. And then when I go on the ice, I'm thinking about those things that we talk about in video and just trying to correct them. Uh, I think that's where it's changed most is <clears throat> I have more knowledge now. Um, we all do the more we play, like what we need to do to be physically ready. Um, I think it changes more the level that you that you play change as the level that you play changes. I think that me, the mentality that you have changes too. Um, there's a lot more ups and downs. I feel uh, that I've had throughout the the pro level. So managing them and and uh, being mentally ready is important. So I think that that's where it really changes for me. Like I'll work on. Um, you know, making breakout passes, making first passes, using the middle of the ice to try and um, break out the puck because uh, the walls are usually taken away. Um, getting pucks to the net uh, and getting pucks through from the blue line, uh, taking taking ice in the neutral zone uh, as a defenseman, take ice and um, progress the, the play up ice up north. And 
just little things like that. So watching video just really helps instill it. And uh, so that when I get to the ice, I'm thinking about it and I can, you know, adjust. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I just want to quickly touch on this because it's a pretty big deal. Obviously, you go to the world championship um, this past season. You won gold um, with three, three or four former guests to the pod there. And uh, you want to just tell us what that experience was like for you. Obviously, you guys were in like pretty tight bubble, weren't you? Like decent bubble mm-hmm. there and stuff. And then and you yeah. end up winning gold. So how, how special was it to win gold with the uh, maple leaf on your chest? Yeah, it was it was really, really fun. Um, the more I look back on that, like when you're in the moment, we were going through, yeah, like the COVID, like we couldn't leave the hotel. Um, it was just a weird setup. Like we couldn't leave the hotel, but um, we were kind of stranded there. Guys were separated, like the, t- the teams were separated. Um, we had our own rooms and stuff to hang out in. Um, it was really strict. Like we couldn't even legit, like couldn't leave the hotel. Like, you know, like we couldn't go outside. So, um, at the time it's like, ah, like this is, is this tough? Like it's, it's not easy, uh, dealing with it, but every team was, and we had a tough start, but our group was so like meshed well, like from the first plane ride we had there, we were playing cards a bunch on the, on the plane and getting to know each other. And then when we got there, it was the same thing continued. Like we were hanging out all the time, um, playing cards or, um, whatever, playing different like games we had in the room. And, uh, when we went down, we, we lost the first three games. Like we still had a chance to squeak in the playoffs and we managed to do that. And as soon as that happened, like, because of the foundation we built, like, it's just like our, our, our group of guys were so confident. Um, you know, we were led by a great coach in Gallant and the, the rest of the coaching staff were awesome, uh, super positive with us. And, um, yeah, when we saw that opportunity in the playoffs, we, we, we had no doubt. So the more I look back on it, I'm super thankful to have that opportunity. It's, a, it's unreal to, to have gone through that experience and then to win gold is like nobody can take that away from you. So it was super cool and great group of guys to do it with. Do you want to talk about your YouTube channel? That's something that a lot of listeners were sending in fan questions about. Can you tell us about that, what it's called, where they can find it, and, and just whatever you want to talk about that? <laughs> Yeah, I have a YouTube channel. It's called The Youngest of Plugs. Um, I haven't posted on it in like six months, probably since the summer. Uh, not that I don't want to or I won't continue to, but it's just that I'm in the season right now and it's been it's been pretty hectic. But I, I just post rant. Like I, I've been changing it up. It's more day-to-day stuff in my life. It started like tech videos and I would do like some cooking videos. Now it's just whatever I'm doing. Like it's just my life um, when I have the time to, to – to record it uh, usually in the off season and stuff like that. I go through a schedule and try to get stuff out there. I just enjoy doing it for show uh, some support to the, to the fans that watch, you know, my hockey games and my stuff. It's kind of way giving back and um, just giving them an inside look. So if you guys want to check that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was curious, do you have any goals for your YouTube channel? Like, is there a, you know, a subscriber goal or a video goal, like anything you have on that side? Yeah, I, uh, I do make some goals. I, I want to hit, obviously it's like it, it grow. The more you grow, um, like it starts off slow and then it'll start to pick up. And that's usually how it works, but I want to hit 10,000 subs. I think that that's doable number. Um, I, I want to continue to make videos. I think I'm at like over a hundred videos now. I want to try and get to 
at least, you know, 200, 300 videos. And then we go from there. Um, I think that just like putting videos out there will help um, attract more people to the channel. I think it's super fun to, I've always looked up to like people that um, make videos like on YouTube. I know it's like, it's part of that social media thing, but I think it's a lot of work. I think it's a lot more work than people think. And uh, I think it takes a lot of uh, time and effort and people are interested in seeing stuff like that. And um, yeah, I think it's a skill. So I want to try and uh, do the best I can to, to entertain the uh, Sharks fans, hockey fans, who are fans of uh, youngest plugs. That's, that's a quick plug uh, for the youngest of plugs. So everybody go check it out at YouTube and, subscribe let's get them to 10k here but uh we don't have a ton of youtube listeners so we got uh we got all our audio listeners we'll have to go check out the vlogs and everything like that for sure and, but, and um, just to cut you off quick while you're subscribing to him why don't you subscribe to showbound on youtube as well so let's <laughs> give us both a little bump here <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on to our personality questions um some questions to let the fans get to know you. So how would your teammates describe you? <laughs> uh, buzzsaw. That's, that's what I'll say. Oh, that's a unique that's one. Say. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, they, that's like, the ener- energy, the goofball, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, look at that smile. It says it all. <laughs> yeah, well, now for sure. Yeah, now you can squeeze goofball in there. Uh, <laughs> Um, if you were stranded on an island for a month with three other members of the Sharks, who would it be? One, Burnsy, because he'll probably do good out there. Uh, <laughs> um, he's a he's a hunter. You know, he'll be he'll be good standing on the island. Hopefully, if there's some food. Um, oh, <laughs> this is a tough one. Uh, I say Jake Middleton. Seems like an outdoorsy guy. <laughs> you know like he can he can do well he can uh set up a fire and set up a nice little hut for us to sleep in and then hmm. <laughs> i was just trying to think of like a good one uh i'll go with uh benino seems like a smart guy seems like a smart guy no he is a smart guy he is a smart guy so i'll go with him what will you bring? Uh, the I'll comedy. Be, I'll be fearless out there. I'll go okay. for. I'll go catch some some tuna in the water. Just being a buzzsaw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving on to the next one. How do you eat a cupcake? So, like top down, bottom up, or how do you go into it? Uh, I eat it like I bite it. I bite the the icing with the the cake. Okay. Okay. So I can get a little mixture of both. I don't nice. I don't like icing alone. No, I'm not that kind of guy. Yeah. Wait, cupcake uh, or muffin, right? That's cupcake. Cupcake, right? yeah. 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 You're right. <laughs> Can't do that. Yeah. yeah. If uh if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh to teleport. So I can travel real quick. Be in places. Yeah. yeah. Oh, end to end uh, a little easier. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, after a game in San Jose, just quick teleport to the Bahamas. Like, yeah, you know, like you could, you could do anything with that. It's so cool. And kind of moving along to our new segment that we're liking a lot. So it's just going to be this or that. I say two options. You choose one. All right. So we'll get into a black or white tape. Oh, black tape. Shoot first, pass first. 
Pass first. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Hot weather or cold weather? Hot weather. Behemoth or Leviathan? <clears throat> Leviathan. <laughs> friends, <laughs> friends or the office? So like the rank. Oh, uh, friends. <laughs> Hot coffee or cold coffee? <clears throat> cold. Candy or chocolate? Chocolate. And last but not least, teeth or no teeth? No teeth. <laughs> no, I would have said that really last week, but <laughs> that's hilarious. I I love that segment. That's a that's a classic. Um, now we'll just go into some fan questions here and, and wrap it up. But uh, the staple on our show is what stick do you use and what specs on it? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> like actually, I don't even know. I, I what specs? Eight uh one oh two black so he's a bower. 1x okay i honestly i'm not even a stick guy i just go out there and grind yeah <laughs> i use a standard p p80 uh standard socket curve like the standard curve and then yeah one i i changed my flex 102 flex grip that's all i can tell you all right <laughs> um who's your favorite like, youtuber i like this guy named marquez brownlee i always watch him he watch he like makes like all his video on like cars and tech and phones and stuff. He's sick. All right. Who's the best chirper you've played with? Bernsey for sure. Yeah, I figured. Guy reckless. <laughs> Guy is reckless. <laughs> well, that was one of the questions. What's Brent Burns like? No, he's a, he's a great guy. Like he's someone that I talk to all the time. Like I'm I'm good friends with. Obviously, I play with them, but off the ice, we have a solid relationship. Uh he likes to chirp. He likes to, you know, get on guys and just for fun. You know, it's all fun and giggles in the locker room. But he's just a, he's really fun to be around. He uh, he reminds me a lot of like of Jumbo when I used to play with with him as well. They're just super great guys to be able to talk to and hang out with. And even though they're older than me, um, <laughs> could be my dad. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're uh, super cool and like I'd I'd always love hanging out with them. Yeah, love that. Um, uh, have you ever heard of the Gavin Hockey Well Specialists? No. The Gavin Hockey Well Specialists are the best NHL finance guys in the business. They do your investing, your taxes, your, anything you need to do, manage your portfolio and your wealth to set you up to retire after hockey and never have to work a day in your life. They're the best. They're all former hockey players themselves and know what it's like. Um, their team has over 1,000 NHL games played as well. Their team of staff. So check them out, gavingroup.ca. Uh, they're the best in the business. Moving on, one more fan question before we kind of wrap it up. Uh, do you have a, a best prank story off the top of your head, one that you've seen or been around? Uh, I think a good one. I mean, ooh, uh, I forget who, who it was. Um I forget who it was, but in junior, like this, is just like a like everybody knows this. Like somebody put clear tape on somebody's skates, is you all over the place. I have a couple other ones, but I don't know if I could say them on the pod. So <laughs> I'm just gonna stick with that one. Or I yeah. seen like, like water, like somebody filled, like this all happened on one team for me. Somebody filled up, filled up, uh, and like I stick with a bunch of water. 
Oh my yeah. god. That's actually a good yeah. one. Like with the cap. But actually, I, I think it might have happened to me too. I think someone <laughs> did it to me too. The boys are messing with me. Like they took the cap, the cap off the stick, and then filled it completely. So I went to go grab my and soaked my gloves. Oh, some putting tape on the inside of your of the gloves, like you know the the fingers of the gloves, yeah. or roll tape and throw them in there. He knows me. Yeah, a few, <laughs> few tricks. Yeah, so, yeah. We we can't tell them all in the potter. You might lose your A with the sharks, and we might be kicked <laughs> off uh, offline. So we'll keep yeah. it at that for now. But I think that pretty much does it for the fan questions. Like the whole pod, we just want to say say thanks a lot for taking the time. I know you're super busy, and just like best of luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. This was fun. All right, I want to thank Mario Ferraro for that. Good interview, good smile, good guy. What do you think? Yeah, no, he's a beauty. Um, I was like, obviously you're a bit nervous kind of going into NHL camp for the first time and stuff, and you are you do the rookie thing the first week, and you kind of meet all the guys, and he was one of the guys, like, from the team, and uh, I was, like, hanging out with, like, a lot of the Ontario guys from the OHL and who are playing the A and stuff and who know Mario, at first and and then along with Ozzy who I had on the pod or who we had on the pod sorry and uh, and then but yeah no he was he was super cool and he, he wasn't like big dog in any of the young guys like he he was like like I'd be in his back seat we'd be going to dinner and stuff like that and he would always come out to dinner with the young guys so pretty cool guy um makes kind of everyone feel comfortable just a guy's guy um obviously you can tell he's got a lot of energy and he described himself as a buzzsaw and i'd say that that's pretty <laughs> accurate i just like yeah it was, it was awesome to get him on and uh i think it was a great interview yeah that was actually so funny when he said that because he paused like how would your teammates describe you just pause he's like buzzsaw <laughs> <laughs> come on that's so funny i love that answer yeah, yeah. and oh, man. I don't know. We're we're kind of nearing the end of the pod here, and I know you just got another NFT. Um, you flipped your last one, and you, you're into another one. So you want to quickly share what you're up to? Yeah, you know, maybe at the end we can start talking NFTs. So we don't bore the people who who don't want to hear about it. But I think I think some people do want to hear about it actually. There, or or if you don't, you can leave. But yeah, I just bought this new one. It's called. Goonies gang official number one six four one. This is what it looks like for the YouTube viewers. That's sick. Uh, me and Cardi were just talking about it before the pod. Couple offers on it already, but I'm not listing it. I'm kind of holding it. We'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It gives you access to the Goonies gang metaverse, which is like a, a racing game, and you can use your NFT guy that you bought as your uh, avatar character, whatever, in the game. And uh, yeah, it, it looks cool. So hopefully that one can make me some money. I was telling the Gavin guys about it as well. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's so nerve wracking, like buying these NFTs, dude. It, it's so scary because there's so little research um, on them. Like you don't know, you know, you can look at a stock and see every financial statement you want for years and years prior. But like an NFT, is, it, like you can do your research like I did. You know, I look at their social media, they read things on the Discord and hear who's buying it. But at the end of the day, like there's no stats, like there's no, you know, you can't tell the direction it's going to go in. So it is a, a bit of a gamble. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's also, it's also kind of hard to figure out trends and stuff like that when you buy it one hour off 
once it hits the market. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. So the NFT term for that is when it's minted. So it was it was minted at 6 p.m. yesterday, and I bought it at like 8 or 9 p.m. Um, yeah. And it had already been sold two times before me. Like, so the person who bought it right off the mint sold it, and then the guy who bought that one sold it to me. So it was it right. was sold twice quickly, and and the guy who sold it to me sold it for a loss. Really? He sold it like he bought it for 0.4 ETH, and I got it for 0.369. And they were all selling for higher. I don't know why he, he did that. That's weird. Weird. Yeah. Maybe you but know he, something that your NFT's done. <laughs> well, that's that's what worried me. Like right after I bought it, I was like, why? But yeah, I don't know, man. This is what I mean. There's just no way you, you gotta play around and learn. So And you you have play money right now from your last success. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, and, and like I said before, um, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I've said it to you and, and to people who are looking at getting NFTs, at least at the beginning, before you know everything, like I don't know everything, the money you're going to spend on an NFT, you have to put that aside and be like, okay, this is the amount I'm comfortable with losing. Cause if, if you put 10 grand into something and you're not comfortable with losing that, um, you shouldn't be buying them. Cause there's a chance you will. And I, this one wasn't 10 grand. This one was uh, about 1500, but even if you, like if it doesn't go up, I could always sell it for a loss. Like, you know, it's not like it'll go to zero. You could sell it for like a thousand or 900. There's already a couple of offers on it now for, for that. So that's yeah. a lesson too. You know, you're probably not going to lose it all, but if you're going to shell out the money, you got to just be aware that it's a possibility. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, with that being said, Car, are you going to buy an NFT this week or what? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I'm gonna you, do will. It. I think you yeah. will. Yeah. I got it. I got to do it. I got to do it. We'll, uh, we'll check back in next week when I got a Goonie gang and uh, we'll be looking for profit. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I think that's it from us. Yeah, you got anything? Nah, flip it away. Give us a little weather report for the week. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously cold. I'm in Barrie, so it's even colder. It's actually not too bad today. I went outside earlier this morning, but, uh, you know, I hope everyone had a lovely Valentine's Day on Monday and uh, enjoying their week so far. Um, not a ton to look forward to for for myself i mean still just grinding away practicing bag skating working out and uh, i know you're just trying to prepare your team for a long road trip this weekend so um hope everyone else enjoys their week and uh yeah i guess with that being said we'll see you guys next time